Boy. Well, talking about how big God is and being a limitless God, we come down to, okay, how do we tap into the limitless power of God? If God is limitless and everything he says, then how do we actually see that begin to work and flow through our life? Ecclesiastes chapter 4, beginning in verse 9, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Amen? And so when you read that, that's a declaration and there's truth in all that. But that statement, a threefold cord is not easily broken, is a principle. And you've heard me say it if you've been here, that God's word is a book of principles based upon a pattern that produces a promise. And if you can identify the principle, follow the pattern, you always receive the fulfillment of the promise. Amen? And so that is what we find out here is that this is a principle that we can apply to our life. I'll put it there in your, in your uh, outline on the Living Bible on the cover, Ecclesiastes. And one standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three is even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. I was looking up some graphics for this and, and, and looking at some different things. I didn't put it up there, but I saw the coolest thing, and it was where they had taken a cross, and one coming down and the two coming across, and, and then those three strands woven together, and then you start thinking about that in marriage. How cool is it that we, when we actually have a godly marriage, and you take the man and the woman, and you put Christ in the center, and you wave that into a threefold cord? Amen. So everything about that, there's a principle there, an application that we can see. But tonight we want to apply it to these areas here. God has given us a threefold cord of power to apply in our life that will produce a victorious outcome in every situation. Let me just say it again. The Word of God always works. When the Word isn't working, it's not God's fault. If the, people go, well, I, I tried that faith stuff, it didn't work. Well, it's not the Word's fault. The problem is never with God. Can we just get that straight? Amen. And uh, so it's usually, as I said Sunday morning, usually it's operator error. Amen. So watch it. And uh, so the, the, it produces a victorious outcome in every situation and releases his limitless provision. What is that threefold cord? It's just number one, the word of God produces faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Secondly, the name of Jesus gives us authority and power. The word and then the name of Jesus. And then the third strand of that cord is the confession of the believer. You and I speaking God's word. Now we love, we confess a lot of stuff. In fact, I'm ahead of myself, but I'm just going to jump in it right here. Maybe you've had a friend, somebody going through a hard time or doing whatever, and they make this statement, my life sucks. Has anybody ever heard anybody say that? Why would you say that? Because if we don't understand the creative power of our world, I never get, so we have people confessing negative things over their life and declaring negative things that are direct contradiction to what God says. Amen? And yet Jesus said that if you can believe in your 
heart and not doubt, you can say to a mountain, be moved, and it will obey you. So the Lord said that there's a creative force and an authority that's connected to our words. Amen? And so when we connect the, the word of God, the name of Jesus, and the confession of the believer becomes a creative force when we mix the word with our faith through our confession and agreement. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 3. I'm just giving an introduction. I gave you a lot of scripture in here tonight. We won't be able to read it all, but I do want to read this portion. How many remember, and uh, Sunday mornings we went through, I read to you out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, talking about the nation of Israel beginning, coming out of Egypt and uh, going through the sea and under the cloud and in the fire and eating the manna and drinking the, the water and everything there and partaking. But the Bible says they began to murmur and complain. And so murmuring, they just began to speak negatively everything about that. Why, God, why do we have to eat manna? Why do we have to do this? Why about this? God brought it out. And so their negativity and what came out, what was coming out of their mouth. And what's interesting is, if you remember, in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, when God sent the spies into the, in, into the land after the 40 years, he said, get, get out the 12 leaders of the tribes and send them in to spy out the land and come back. And Joshua and Caleb were two of those spies, and they come back, and ten of them gave the evil report. And part of what they said is that God brought us out here to die in the wilderness. And so God's judgment was, God says, I'm going to do exactly what you said. Your carcasses will perish in the wilderness. But Joshua and Caleb had another spirit, and they said, no, let's go in, let's possess the so, so they're agreeing with God's word. They're speaking and declaring. And what preserved them and what got them in was their confession in agreement with God's word. The other generation perished. It took 40 years for them to perish. And God says, I will do to you exactly what you said. And Proverbs actually says this. The Lord says, I create the fruit of the lips. Amen. And so it's so powerful when we understand that. So here's this limitless God. And so many times there are areas that we miss the provision of God because we're canceling it out through the words that we speak. Our words are so important. Amen. When, when you hear a little child say, oh, I just can't do anything. I'll never be good at anything. Amen. And you say, what do you want? No. You want to encourage them. You want to get them to believe in themselves. And do all that and, and, and to, to feel positive about themselves. And that's good on the natural side. But in Christ, we want you to believe in who you are. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. You have the mind to cry. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You have the fruit of the Spirit on the inside. Well, I just don't have any joy. You need to believe in the fruit of the Spirit. I, I just can't put up with people. You need to believe you have some long-suffering on the inside of you. I just get so upset. Part of the fruit of the Spirit is patience. Amen. And so we speak again the things that God has said we have. And, 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 and then we get down in the grub. We get in the mullet grub. We start looking sad. And then we try to talk to our friends about coming to the Lord and being a Christian. They go, wow, your life is miserable. I don't know if I want that or not. Amen. So anyway, Hebrews chapter 3 and beginning in verse 7, it says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. As in the rebellion in the day of the wilderness, where your fathers tested me and proved me and saw my work, therefore I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. 
and they have not known my way. So I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my wrath. Beware, brethren, lest any of you, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of what? Unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, just what that means is moving off of or away from God's word. Their unbelief was, is they couldn't believe what God said. I'm bringing you out. God said, I'm bringing you out, but I'm taking you in. I'm bringing you out to take you in. Just agree with entering in. Amen? But they got hung up with all the detail. Verse 13, but why? But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold to the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. And part of that word confidence there means the declaration of our faith, our confidence in God. While it is said, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who having heard rebelled, indeed was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? How many know this is not very encouraging right now? Verse 18, and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of what? Unbelief. Now look at the next three verses. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of us seem to come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached. This is so powerful. The gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word, get it, the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Now Jesus in Luke chapter um, 17, the disciples came to him and said, Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a mustard seed, you would say. If you had faith, you would say to the sycamore tree, be plucked up by the roots, cast in the sea, and it would obey you. So how do you mix the word with faith? You speak. Faith has a voice. Faith has a voice. And so faith always speaks in agreement with God's word. Faith always declares what God has said. Are you listening to me? That's what God calls us to do. How do the gifts of the Spirit work? The Holy Spirit brings an, uh, uh, an impression to us, and then by faith we speak out, and it becomes a prophetic utterance. Are you listening to me? And so we have God's Word in our present. Praise the Lord. Now watch it. For we who have believed do not, for we who have believed do not enter that rest, as he said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my wrath, though the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Everything's complete. Finished. What did Jesus say on the cross? Finished. Everything is finished. Everything is complete. God reveals the end from the beginning. So the end's already established, and at the beginning, he reveals it. And so we, we, we have the completed plan. We're waiting for the culmination of all things. It's already been revealed. Not, nothing else is being worked out. We just have to get into agreement with it. Amen. How many know the Bible says healing is the children's bread? Amen. Healing is the children's bread. 
And you can get more scriptures for healing and prosperity out of the Old Testament than you get in the New Testament. That's why Jesus, when he came and he healed people, he healed everybody according to the Old Testament. According to the promise in the Old Testament. He said to the woman who had been bent over for 13 years going to church that didn't believe in healing anymore. She'd been over 13 years. He goes, shouldn't this woman who is a daughter of the seed of Abraham be delivered whom Satan has bound all these years, she has the right to be delivered. And so she got an Old Testament healing. Are you listening to me? Because it was in the Word. And God always does His Word. All right, moving right along. And so then, now let me just say that. When it comes to confession and speaking and declaring the God's Word, I'm sorry for all the stupid people that have done stupid things with the Word of God. But I'm not going to throw away the word of God just because there's a few stupid people. And people confessing this and confessing that and confessing things for the wrong reason. Like James said, people confessing things just for more of themselves and consuming. But when it comes to seeing the word of God truly and literally fulfilled in our life, we have a right to speak and declare. So look inside your outline. Here's a threefold cord of power and victory. The word of God becomes, is our source of truth, the source of faith, source of knowledge, source of understanding, and direction for our life. The name of Jesus is the source of our authority the source of our power, and the source of our permission. People say, well, who gave you the right to do that? Jesus said, Jesus said, go in my name. He said, all power and authority I give to you. Amen. If you ask the Father anything in my name, he will do it. Amen. And so the name of, so we have the word of God for our truth, for our faith, for knowledge, for understanding, for direct. And then we have Jesus saying, take my name. Here, you have power of attorney. Amen. To use my name. You speaking my name is like me speaking it. You have durable power of attorney. You know what? There's power of attorney, and then there's durable power of attorney. Durable power of attorney means you get to act completely as that person's representative. They don't have to be there to give you permission. Do you get that? Jesus says, I'm going to the Father, and I'm leaving you the authority of my name. So when you speak, it is as if I am speaking in the earth. And so your words is your confession. That is our source of agreement, the source of creation, And the source of completion. The word of God will not become complete until you speak it. The word must be spoken. Are you listening to me? Many times the only thing lacking for us seeing our answer is our word of agreement with his revealed word of truth. Isn't that amazing? The centurion comes to Jesus and said, Lord, my servant's sick. And about to die, will you come and heal him? And the Lord said, I'll come to your house. And they thought, wait a minute, you don't have to come. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed. And the Lord said, wait a minute. You're a Roman centurion. How do you have that kind of faith? And he said, well, I'm a man under authority. I understand how authority works. 
And if you weren't under authority, you wouldn't be doing any of this stuff. So you, you, there has to be some authority behind you for what you're able to do in the earth. So I recognize that there is authority because a Roman centurion knew that, that I'm a captain over a hundred. And if I give the word, if the people under me don't follow the word that I've been empowered and the authority that I've been given over them, all of Rome will back me up. I have the authority of Rome behind me. And so this guy recognized you have the authority of heaven behind you. And so if you say, this is what I said, I say to this one, go and he goes, to this one, come and he come, to this one, do this and he does that. So you, I see, I understand authority and I see in you greater authority than what I have. So just speak the word and my servant will be healed. Now, now what? Jesus said, I haven't found this great of faith in all of Israel. So somebody who believed in just the authority of the word and spoke in agreement with it, and immediately his servant was healed. Are you listening to me? And so it's so important when we get this and understand it, it will always work in our life. Think about it. Many times the only thing lacking is our word of agreement with his revealed word of truth. We can miss the point that the spoken word of man in the earth is a God-given force of creating power in the life of the believer. Your words are creative force of power. Words. While we were camping, I just sitting there and typing and meditating on just the limitlessness of God. And I, I began to think, because my, my son Cody said something to me and it kind of sparked a thought in me. I'm thinking, wait a minute. Man's creative ability is the proof of the existence of God. When it comes to evolution and everything else, humanity, man, mankind, humankind, creative ability is proof that God exists. Why? It's the proof that man was created and did not evolve. See, we can share a common DNA thread. And Cody and I were just talking about some different things. And he said, do, do, he said Dad, do, do you know that, that, that we share... I forget what it is, what percentage, what 80 or 90 some percent of DNA with, with uh, apes and whatever. I said, okay, cool. And I thought, I began to think, well, you know why? Because we're both created by the same God. But, but, but the, okay, the, the DNA, of, all of creation has God's DNA, some of God's DNA in it. But we got something that they didn't get. So I began to think about it. And I said, we can share common DNA with other animals because they also came from God. But mankind is unique in all of creation. We have the power of spoken words. And scientists think it's cool because we've taught chimpanzee sign language. Cool. Let them write a book. Let them start a college. <laughs> Let them earn a master's degree. They can't speak and they can't read. Never can, never will. Are you listening to me? They don't have speech. I don't care what Planet of the Apes says. <laughs> no! Oh, whatever. Uh, anyway. We have the power of spoken word and creative ability. We can create what we speak. We can create what we speak. God spoke 
and it was created. If man can speak, he can learn to create it. Everything, every invention. I believe we can make a microphone so small. It could wrap around your head and hang there. And it'd be so small, it would be as powerful as this one. And it could be plugged into a little pack that runs on batteries that you could recharge out of the electricity that we learned how to tap into. Are you listening to me? And it would speak. And it could be recorded. And it could be broadcast. <laughs> Are you, do you understand? Every, everything we create was first spoken. We have words, our creative abilities. If man can speak it, he can learn to create it. Our creative ability separates us from all other life on earth. I love watching the History Channel, the Discovery Channel, Net, Net Geo, whatever, and all that stuff. But we watch animals, and they have cycles, they have patterns, they have instincts which they follow and fascinate us. But they cannot create a better life for themselves. Hey, Ben. Apes live in trees. I don't see any tree houses in the trees. Are you listening to me? They may pick a few leaves. Oh, look, they made a bed. Cool. They put some leaves together. They did that or do whatever and pull this or do that stuff. Do you understand what I'm saying? But it's never gone any further. It's never done any better. Think about it. They can't grow food, build shelter, drill for water, probe the depths of the sea, or explore the expanse of space. Think about that. Man says, man has looked up into the stars and said, I will go there. Do you get that? Man said, I will go there. Orville Wilbur Wright said, we will fly. And man kept working and he kept speaking. And as he kept speaking, then, then creativity kept evolving in his mind. And he figured out how to do it. And I start there. I went back to Genesis chapter. Just, just, just take this. Are you doing all right? Go back with me to Genesis chapter 11. Watch this. It's funny, God asked Job the questions. He, he said, answer, answer me about all the instincts and activities of the animals and how they do this and why they do this and why they do everything, why animals do what they do, where they come from, how they do this and everything about the animals. But how I many, he didn't say, about their creative ability. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, everybody said they said. They said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come. Everybody say, and they said. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. 
And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they have one language, one common voice of speech. And they're speaking together in agreement. And their speech in agreement is creative, an unstoppable creative force. Are you with me? One language. And this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. So men coming together, speaking creatively. Are you listening to me? And so God says, we can't allow that to happen. So what we do, we'll confound the languages. And then something amazing happened on the day of Pentecost. God gave us back a common language. He gave us back the language of the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Where the whole church can pray in agreement, can speak in agreement. And there's something powerful about that. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're praying in another tongue. Learn to pray in the Spirit and then speak out your confession. Pray in the Spirit. Build up. Stir up your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost, Jude 20. And then speak by faith. Let your confession flow out of your prayer time in the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? All right. So listen to this. See, if man can do all this within his limited creative ability, what is possible when we tap into a limitless God? What's possible when we tap into God? When we start taking the Word of God and speaking the Word of God by faith. Hallelujah. So think about it. This is true for all of humanity. All of mankind is created in the image of God, and their words are the creative force of their life. For good or for evil. If you look at people's life. And people having a bad time. The person says my life sucked. Just look at what else is coming out of their mouth. Just listen to their words. Words are a creative force. Paul said it like this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In fact, turn to me Philippians chapter 3. Watch this. I mean, Philippians chapter 4. You all know where I'm going, but it'll help you. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians 4. And verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. How many know there's a different, rejoice has a different voice than complaining? I mean, no, the person says, my life sucks, isn't rejoicing. That's complaining. That's mumbling. It's murmuring. Okay? Against your own life. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious, worried for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Listen, let your request, speak to God. Speak the word to God. Isaiah 55 said, the Lord says, my word does not return to me void. It accomplishes what I said. That, that has two aspects to it. That, that means when God sends it, he sends it to do what he declared it would do. It also means that when you speak it back to him, it doesn't return to him void. Are you listening to me? Works both ways. So look at verse 7. 
And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Jesus said this, out of the abundance of what? The mouth what? Okay. And in Matthew 12, he said this, either make the tree good or make the tree evil. And the tree is made good by your words. And he said, man will give an account for every idle word that you speak, a man will give an account. Are you with me? Because words are a creative force. Words are not meant to be idle. They're meant to be creative. And so we need to speak with the creative force of God's word over different things. So what are we supposed to do? First of all, speak life, not death. Speak life over your children. Speak life over your marriage. How, how, how do relationships fall apart? People start speaking complaining words instead of healing words, instead of reconciling words. We start, we start finding fault. We start criticizing. And we pick things apart with our words. And what does that do? That creates a, that, those words create, if I say create, a separation in your heart in union with that person or that situation. So you're speaking and creating division. And then when it falls apart, well, I just don't understand how it happened. Well, let's just replay your voice. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching real good. Amen. <laughs> Verse 8, finally, brethren, what other, th- watch this. Finally, brethren, what other things are True, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So think on the thing that calls you to speak creative life force. Amen? To speak with creative life. Hallelujah. So, but it happens for all of humanity that words are creative force for good or for bad. In the life of the believer, we have the word of God to give us direction and authority to what we speak. Hear me. What you and I declare based on the truth of God's word in the authority of the name of Jesus will come to pass. I can say that without any hesitation or reservation. What you and I declare, hear it again. Based on the truth of God's word in the authority of the name of Jesus will come to pass. The problem is, is we have to work to block out every other thought. How do I do that? I have to renew my mind to the truth of his word or I will never speak his word in the authority of his name. Your mind, when Paul says, don't be conformed to this world. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. Your mind is constantly be, be, being bombarded. I, I hadn't listened to the radio for a long time on, on any news. So I was driving up here, uh, it was like a little after five, so I'm driving up here and I turned on Fox News and it was Tucker Carlson and there was this guy going off about climate change. And just going ballistic and just wouldn't, he, he wouldn't answer because it just goes, I'm going, ah. But so there's, there's this message of fear and, and, and everything around that. And it's limited. We, like we have a limitless God, but we're constantly being bombarded with messages of limitation and fear. 
And so the, the mindset of this world, don't be conformed to this world. And, and so we, we hear this. That, and so, yes, we need to be responsible. We need to take care of things. We, we need to understand how, 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 how to be good stewards over what God has given us, to, to be stewards over. Amen? But, but to, to preach fear and control and limitations, you're constantly being bombarded. So the Word of God says, speak life. But your mind, so and, unless we purposefully, and unless you intentionally work to renew your mind, you're, you're, you're being over-bombarded. Whether you, it's just like that. I turn on my radio for a minute. I go, man, I can't. Ah, he, he drives me crazy. I wanted to yell at him. I said, Tucker, take a break. I'll handle this guy. Amen. Anyway, but watch it. So we have to work to block out every other thought. I must renew my mind to the truth of his word or I will never speak his word in the authority of his name. Renewal is the key to having God's creative word flowing through my life as a creative force. And guys, we have to do it daily. I'm preaching. This. It's, it's, it's what I, I, I remind myself and I remind you guys of every now and then. Being a pastor, I'm anointed to see truth and to teach truth. But I'm not anointed to live truth. I get to walk it out just like you do. Just because I see it and I can teach it doesn't mean that I'm walking in it 100%. So 99% of the time when I'm preaching to you, I'm trying to get my life straightened out. I just need some help up in here. Amen. I'm getting up in my own grill. I'm messing with my own thing. I'm in my own house. Whatever I need to be in, I'm in trying to help myself. Amen. So, but, but in speaking, because it's so easy to be conformed to this world. But we have the Word of God. We have the authority of the name of Jesus. And we have the creative force of words. Amen. I believe in evolution as soon as pigs fly. As soon as I hear a pig say, I will fly out of this pen. But animals, the, the only, I don't, I don't know, if, if you can, if this will ever go off inside of you. The only creative force in this world is words. Words. Everything man has created has been spoken first. Words. Are, you're created in the image and the likeness of God. And you're created to speak. And you can speak life. You can speak health. Start speaking health over your body. See, as I'm getting older and, 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 and moving, they're already sending me stuff because next year I'm 65. So they're already sending me stuff to get me ready for Medicare. I said, leave me alone. <laughs> hey, man, I'll sign up when I'm ready. And I do not feel ready. Are you listening to me? But see, the world, oh, no, you're getting there. You have to be careful. You have to think about that. I think about health. I think about youth. I think about strength. I refuse to agree. I'm sorry all my friends are getting older and having a hard time. I, I, I'm, I'm not, oh, I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> but we accept all. You're getting older. You have to think, you have to think with the older mindset. No, you, where, 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 where? 
Come on. I, I still need. Matt, this is your next assignment. Go on the internet. Find some place that embroiders these wristbands. I can find rubber. I hate the rubber ones. Okay? But these, I, I've had these. We, we, had, we got these years ago. And then the contact we had wore out. I had 300 of these made up. I gave one to everybody in the church. It just says, what does the word say? And so this is my second one. The last one I had on, I had on for five years. I never take this off. I shower in it. It dries off right away. I, I never take it off. So I had another new one. I found it in one of my drawers. So I took the old one off because I was painting and I stuck my, I was actually painting his house. <laughs> and I stuck my thing in there and I'm, <laughs> the paint bucket. Oh man, I just painted my wristband. It lasted six years until I went to Matt's house. <laughs> anyway, I said, I have another one. So find somebody, find embroidered wristband. So we, we can get somebody that's leather and the embroidery, and you put that little thing on, and, and it's just cool. But what does, and that's what you need. What does the word say? I don't care what the world says. What does the word say? And speak what the word says. My Bible, turn, turn, turn with me to Psalm 92. Watch this. You've heard me say, my grandfather, I have his Bible up there after he passed it for 56 years. I don't, I don't have a book or a Bible that I don't write in. When I read a book or I read anything, my Bible, then I mark them all up, tear everything up. Grandpa didn't mark in any of his Bibles, and I have one, and, and I found one verse that he underlined. My grandpa underlined this verse, I've been young and now I've been old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging for bread. Grandpa said, I've been young and now I'm old and I've never seen. It's the only verse in his whole Bible he had underlined. So he underlined the verse that declared God is faithful to his word. Amen? Listen to this. Psalm 92, verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in old age. People say, aren't you getting old? I said, yes, I'm in fruit-bearing age myself. I'm in my prime. They shall, look it. They shall be fresh and flourishing. In old age, they will be, they, they'll be fruitful, they'll be fresh, and they'll be flourishing. Young people, you need to learn that verse. Because last week, I was young. Old age shows up like a week. Amen. So you have to have a, a mindset. People used to laugh at me because people say, well, how do you stay so young? I said, I just believe youth jumps on me every day. Amen. I'm possessed with youth. Amen? I can't help it. People say, when do you grow up? I said, I refuse to. I've been around people who grew up. They scared me. <laughs> Amen. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. Listen, to declare. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no unrighteousness in him. See, the world tells you when you get to a certain age, you need to retire. The Holy Ghost will tell you to refire. Amen. Well, I, 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 I just can't do all the things I used to. You don't have to do the things you used to. Do what you can do now. 
Be productive where you are. We keep trying to do what we did when we were 20. Do what you know. You know more than you knew when you were 20. You had to be more active because you were stupid back then. <laughs> so you had to run around and do all more and waste all your energy. Now we do things with grace and style. Amen. Doing all right? All right. We're not going to get through this. I don't know how we're going to so let me finish this next up. Point number two. The enemy comes to invade the thought life of humanity. His purpose is to break, your, to break through your line of defense in your reasoning. 2 Corinthians 10. The weapons of our warfare are what? Not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And bringing into captivity every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So there are thoughts that come against your life to exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. What do you have to do? You have to war against it. We always said, be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. His goal is to stop you before you get started. The enemy's goal is to stop you before you get started. To attack your thought life, to keep you from speaking and declaring God's word over your life. I doubt that... in. Uh, let me go back up. We can all, from time to time, be distracted, discouraged, and reluctant. And we must shake ourselves in those times. See, I doubt that anyone has ever lived to their full potential in Christ. I'm trying to think of who it was. I, I think it was D.L. Moody. He, he went to hear a preacher. And he says the world, that, that, and he said the, his words pierced through my soul. It, it was like a, a spear piercing my soul. When the preacher said, the world has yet to see what God can do through one life that's totally devoted to him. And Moody said, that pierced my soul and I changed my walk from that day on to live to be that man that was totally devoted to Christ. And the enemy wants to come before you start. Who do you think you are? How could you do that? See, many times even with our friends and our family being saved, we talk about how big of a scoundrel they are. Just call them saved in Jesus' name. Start speaking life. Start speaking the answer. Start declaring truth over their life. Not what they are. Call those things that be not as though they were. That's what God does. He speaks as though they were. Isn't that amazing? The, the best illustration I can give of this is when God showed up in Abraham's life. 25 years before he had a child, he changed his name to father of nation. You've been Abram. You are now Abraham. So for over 20 years before he had a child, Abram had to call himself Abraham, father of nations. Your name is now Abraham, father of nations. People say, how can you be a father of nations when you aren't even a father of one? So God made him confess it before he possessed it. Are you with me? And if you can learn to confess it before you possess it, you will possess it. Are you listening to me? So important. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The, the, I love the Amplified Version because it says, faith is the title deed. Faith is the title deed. Start calling it yours. Whatever God has promised. You've heard me use this illustration. I have to close right here. You've heard me use this illustration. Well, Matt, you, you guys come on back up. You guys did a great job. Let's, let's worship before we go out. Can we do that? You guys good? Yeah. I want to sing that Come to the Altar again. That's powerful. I love that song.
So listen to this. Every time uh, my truck is only a half ton, and so to tow our travel trailer, it needs support in the back. So my other truck, I had a different set of airbags because it was different. So this time I said, I'm, I'm going I'm to get those coil, coil bags that go in the coils and bring it up so it supports the back when it's all loaded up. It doesn't sink down. Your headlights point up in the air. So I said, I'm going to get those things. And so I ordered them on the Internet. I went online and looked them up. I ordered the Firestone bag. And so I, I gave them all my information, my shipment address, my card. I paid for them. And I said, I hope my bags get here before I leave. I hope my bags get here be- before we go on vacation. I-, I-, I hope they come. I hope they come. My, my bags need to get here. I- my-, my bags, my bags, my bags. Not their bag because I already ordered them and paid for them. They're not in my, they're, 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 they haven't arrived yet, but they're my bags. Why? Because they've already been ordered and they've already been paid for. Amen. They're, they're just on the way. They're on the way. They're, they're not theirs anymore. They're mine. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, it, it's, it's mine. Because I ordered them and I paid for them. Every promise in this book, God ordered for you. He ordered for it. And then he paid for it with the blood of Jesus. So it's already been ordered and it's already been paid for. It's yours. And so when you confess it, you're just confessing. Wait a minute. Uh, uh, my, th- my, my order's already in here. This already says what's mine. It already tells me what's been ordered by God for me. And now it's just in transit. It's being delivered. And so now I'm just thanking God that my delivery's on its way. Thank you, Lord, my delivery's on its way. Thank you, Lord, my healing's on its way. Thank you, Lord, my breakthrough's on its way. Thank you, Lord, my deliverance's on its way. Thank you, Lord, the salvation of my family's on its way. Thank you, Lord. It's been ordered by you. It's been paid for with the blood, and it's mine. Are you listening to me? Stand to your feet. Now, the reason I'm having sing this is because we read in Hebrews chapter 3, there's one thing that we very seldom repent of, and that's our unbelief. The Bible says they did not enter in because of unbelief. Unbelief will keep you from confessing the Word of God. You have God's Word. It is faithful. It is true. He's always going to come through. We read in Psalm 90, true. He is a faithful God. You have the authority of the name of Jesus. All that's needed is your confession and your agreement. You begin to speak in agreement with God's Word.